0: people coming to Portugal, people fleeing Ukraine, and free-range travel. This week, we're in Portugal and the Ukraine with Raw Travel TV's Rob Rose.
1: Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
0: I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast and website for foodies at DestinationEatDrink.com. This week, I'm happy to have back Rob Rose, creator and host of the TV show Raw Travel. But before we get to Rob, could you do me a favor and support Destination Eat Drink with a small contribution? We don't have ads on the show or on the website, but it still costs money to keep this thing going. So if you could... I'd be very grateful. Just go to DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the Contribute button. Now, Rob was on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about Puerto Rico and Patagonia, which is where he filmed the first two episodes of Season 10 of Raw Travel. But there's more to this season of his show, and I wanted to talk to Rob about it, especially because one of the episodes is about Americans moving to Portugal. And that's me and my girlfriend, Karen. Rob and I talk about how he got me and Karen to be a part of that episode and some other great stuff about Portugal, including wine and pastry, as well as Lisbon and the great seaside town of Cascais. Then we talk about Ukraine. I know it's an abrupt shift from Portugal to Ukraine, but it's also important to talk about. And Rob tells me about going to Ukraine with his Ukrainian videographer, Anastasia. He tells me about the chaos that's still at the border, even after most of the media leaves. He interviews an injured Ukrainian soldier and talks about how the people of Ukraine are carrying on living their lives. Plus, we talk about the heroes at World Central Kitchen. Now, Rob and I recorded this interview before the latest developments in Ukraine, but, The story is still very timely and important, and if you want to help, I've got a link in the show notes for the Help Ukraine page at Raw Travel. Get that at radiomisfits.com slash DED205. Destination Eat Drink. Rob Rose from Raw Travel. Welcome back to Destination Eat Drink. We had you on the podcast uh, for season 10 of your show, talking about uh, old San Juan, Puerto Rico and Patagonia. And I wanted to have you back to talk a little bit about Portugal and the Ukraine, a couple other episodes that you've got coming up in season 10. So thanks for coming back. Thanks for agreeing to do the show again. And uh, welcome back.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, Brent. It's always a pleasure to be here.
0: I'm going to start in, uh, with this episode you titled, Let's Move to Portugal. This is a topic I'm kind of familiar with <laughs> um, <laughs> Now I, I think I kind of have to set this up just a little bit because um, yeah. the, the way that this the way that this happened was you'd been on I knew you from being on the podcast a couple of times right and you were in Lisbon so I dropped you a note and I said, hey, you're in Lisbon guess what We moved to Portugal let's get together and uh, have a coffee in Lisbon and maybe we can record an episode of the podcast. Okay. All those things happened. <laughs> but then right. y- you pulled out your camera and said, Hey, I'm going to interview you and your girlfriend, my girlfriend, Karen, I'm going to interview you guys and you're going to be on the show. And all of a sudden my palm starts sweating a little bit and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, all right, what, <laughs> what are we going to talk about? What's he going to ask me? I was totally not prepared. and As you know, from being on this podcast, usually I do a a decent amount of, usually I'm fairly prepared going into these things. So on this, I was not prepared and I didn't know what the show was going to look like until you sent me a copy of, you sent me a link so that I could watch it. And I got to say, um, thanks for the way that you put it together. You made me look like, and Karen, well, Karen, I never worry about, but me, you made me look like a reasonably intelligent person. And I'm sure if you edited it a different way, I could have looked like a buffoon. So uh, first and foremost, thank you for that.
1: Yeah, no, no, it was easy, man. Uh, I love interviews like yours uh, because, uh, you know, we're, we're fellow travelers, fellow, uh, you know, we love food, we love culture, authentic, uh, the more authentic, the better, And, uh, you know, I still joke and I was telling uh, someone that I met from Portugal the other day in New York City. I I relayed the story that I had been in Lisbon for about a week when you hit me up and like, hey, we just moved here. And I was like, I was showing the people who were living there around because I had been there a week longer than you guys. (laughs) Right,
0: right. We had just arrived. Well, let's go here. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Even though you guys had been there before. So we were kind of showing each other around, but it was kind of funny. And, you know, so I got you right, you know, when you had just moved there and um, that is a really unique perspective because I'd say normally, you know, somebody's been there for a long time, uh, which were the other interviews in the show, people who had been there. But you and, and uh, a couple other uh who um, I had known, I'd met uh, through the show were the inspiration for this. And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, let's move to Portugal. It's really not telling people to move to Portugal, but it's like, why are people moving to Portugal? There must be some reason there that is drawing so many people, and uh, uh, particularly Americans, to a place like Portugal. It must have something really good going on. And that's what we wanted to try to explore and, um, and showcase. And, you know, I've lived abroad. i only lived, I lived about 11 months in uh, South America and Colombia traveling. And it was one of the most, um, you know, rewarding experiences of my life. And I do want to do it again, but I will won't do it there. I'll do it somewhere else, you know? So, um, I'm always intrigued by people who decide to make a place their home. And I think uh, there may be a lot of people in the United States that want to have a plan B these days. So, uh, I thought you guys were very inspirational. So thanks for being on the show and being good sports about it, and and just going with the flow, which is what the show is about. We'll like figure it out later. We we'll just film now.
0: <laughs> it, it, it was, and that's know? the thing, Rob. It was totally go with the flow because I remember distinctly, like we're walking down the street. Uh, we didn't have an exact place where we were going to meet, and we kind of ran into you in one of the squares, and we were talking for a couple of minutes. And I, I was like, well, let's go get a coffee. And we start walking. And a few feet away, I see one of these ladies, these uh, older ladies, who puts a card table in front of her um, apartment and sells the cherry liqueur. And, you know, I was like, hey, do you want to do it? So it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Ingenia. We're doing shots. Ingenia. You put. <laughs> and you pull out your camera and start filming. Yeah. So I'm telling you, none of this stuff, I, I'm, here to, I'm here to witness, I'm here to testify. None of this stuff was pre-planned. It just, this is what happened. And that's kind of what you captured in this particular episode. I know because I was a part of it, um, the fun that we had and the laughing and stuff, but also just how it was spur of the moment things that happened.
1: Yeah, that freedom of exploration, whether you're with someone or not, I mean, I just adds to it because I travel and explore alone a lot. You know, I grew as I, I may have told you in a previous episode. I grew up on a farm in Tennessee, but I was the fourth of five kids, and my brother. There's a huge difference between age difference between me and my younger brother, thirteen years, and so I was kind of left at home while my siblings went to school. But I had this whole farm to just venture and explore and roam, and I think that. Feeling uh, comes back to me when I travel. Just being able to explore and roam, and whether you're alone or with someone, just having enough of a plan so that you're not completely rudderless, but at the same time, you know, I mean, you're in Old Town Lisbon, you're going to find something to do. Just walk around. <laughs> you're going to meet some people, right? Right. And I think that kind of um, free range travel um, for me is addictive. I'm going to Colombia in a few days. I haven't even booked a place to stay. Um, I just have booked the air tickets. And that's the way I really began traveling many, many years ago before I did raw travel. I would just book the tickets. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, hey, I wish I'd have planned a little better. But most of the time, I find that if you're opportunistic and open to serendipity, good things happen. And and in this case, it happened. And I'm never going to let an opportunity uh, like us being in the same city at the same time, while I'm filming, go without being exploited. So I exploited it <laughs> and I shot it, it was and, good. Uh, and it turned out good. So thanks for being a part of it. And man. it was good
0: fun too. Um, yeah. And you met, you met a lot of expats while you were here in Portugal. And I have my own theories, Rob, but my question to you is, as someone who came here, um, do you find when, when you meet these people specifically in Portugal, because that's the episode we're talking about. Did you find that these expats had anything in common with each other?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I think I, I, as I just mentioned, I lived in Colombia for a bit and I kind of had a, I I made friends with some expats, but I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth for the expat community there because at the time I was there, it was not a mainstream tourism destination. So you got a lot of dudes and a lot of dudes that okay. were there for i thought nefarious reasons
0: I you see. know and uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: not not really not really appreciating the culture right and i felt like you know i distanced myself from them and what i've and i've seen met expats many traveling uh with the show and it's it is a mixed bag but what i liked and found in portugal was the at least the the people that i met were authentically loving Portugal. They weren't there to uh, try to change it. They weren't there to try to poke holes and what's wrong with it. They were there to enjoy it, to contribute, to be part of that community. And I think that's a big point because if people just go there because it's a cheap place to live, but they want to maintain their culture and not learn bits of the language or the food or anything like that. I mean, listen, I'm no language. Fo- uh, you know i'm not gifted in the gift of language but i tried to learn spanish i took a couple of classes and i certainly could you know at least speak some spanglish with folks and i'm like you got to try you know you just have to try cuz you're right. in their place and it's right. just it's just polite um and so you know you're a guest in their home is the way i look at it when i'm in someone else's country and i try to abide by their um their you know uh, norms rather than mine. And I think um, so long as people do that, it's good. And I, what I found in Portugal, the people that I met, again, small sampling, uh, be they American or others, be they new like you guys, or I met one lady who'd been there for 20-something years. She was from Iraq. Um, someone else was from, um, was from um, I think, either Germany. I'm not really sure exactly where she was from, but you know they all were there to contribute, there to, you know, really, uh, make an impact and, and, and just enjoy and soak it up. And they just, there was something about Portugal that drew them there, the food, the culture, um, the pace of life, the fact that it wasn't, you know, this hamster wheel of work money, work money, like the U S drew them there. And, you know, they're not, you know, ready to retire and check out and go to the, you know, the old folks home, they're there to live. And that's what I found. Of course, there's also the standard answer that you gave, pastries and wine. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it
0: for people. Oh man, I just ruined it. Oh man. People who listen to this podcast know <laughs> that, it's a, that yeah, it's a they already know that, right? It's a no. very wine and pastry centric podcast. <laughs> okay. But um yeah, what I was going to say is that, you know, for me, the the folks that we've met, whether they be expats or whether they be Portuguese, wherever they're from internationally, Uh, the, the phrase that I keep coming back to is we don't want to bend Portugal to us. We want to bend to Portugal. So I I think that's, that's kind of what you were describing, but it's, it's a philosophy that I try to. And I, Hey, I'm not perfect. You know, there are days when I'm like, geez, why can't I, why can't it just be like this? You know, but you know, 99.9% of the time, it's like, man. This was a great decision for for us, and we're so glad that we did yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to talk to you quick about Cascais, uh, which is I don't know about a half an hour outside of Lisbon, um, because you went to a place that I've been wanting to go to, and the last time I was in Cascais, it was closed, and so I just I haven't been able oh. to go here. So when I saw it on your show, I was really excited. It's called House of Wonders, and it looks like a great place. What was your experience like there?
1: Yeah, so uh, the reason that we went to Kazakhstan was Doreen. Doreen Rice. Uh, um, I hope I'm saying her last name correct. But Doreen is from uh, Boston, and I met her at the Boston Travel Show where I was a speaker several years ago. And she was like, "I'm thinking about moving abroad. What do you think?" And I was like, "Do it. Go for it." You know, I was like, "It's the best thing that ever happened to me," and I could tell Doreen was serious. She wasn't messing around. Well, she sent me an email not that long, much longer later, and she had moved to Portugal. So I always had, and we're friends on social media and whatnot, so I always had Doreen in my mind as someone that, you know, when I do go to Portugal, she's someone I'm going to reach out to. So unlike you and Karen, who were like, what? Oh, you're here? Let's do an interview. Uh, Doreen was planned out that I was going to go to Qashqash. And, you know, I was just ready to get outside of, uh, it's, it's, it's like, what, a 45-minute train ride from uh, Lisbon. It's on the beach. There's a lot to love about Cash Kais, and it's a very different feeling. So um, House of Wonders is a place that Doreen fell in love with. It's a vegetarian-friendly restaurant, you know, kind of farm-to-table kind of stuff, all-natural ingredients. It's run by a lady named Anna. She's from the Netherlands, so she's an expat. But her and Doreen are really good friends. And Anna, um, so we went there for a juice and then we had a, just a delicious meal. And then we went there and wound up our day as well. The weather, unfortunately, wasn't the best there. Everybody was apologizing for it. I'm like, Hey, it's winter, but it rained the first part of the day. It was cloudy, the rest. So, you know, here we are in this beautiful beach, fish, bi- beach environment, fishing, old fishing village, and the weather's not cooperating, but you know, for me, I still had a great time and. You know, House of Wonders was a part of that. And it's just a beautiful uh spot. It's got a little rooftop bar, got a juice bar. And I really recommend everybody go by there and say hello to Anna and say, uh, you know, they heard about us either from your podcast or Raw Travel because you won't regret it. And if you get a chance, you guys should go. You'll love it.
0: We've got friends coming in from the U.S. next week, and they want to go to Kosh, Kosh and this is on my list. Go to House of Wonders. So uh, I'll, let, yeah. I'll let you know how we do when we go see Anna there. Um,
1: Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Say hello for me.
0: You know, when, uh, when we met, uh, you, you sometimes travel with, uh, most times, you travel with a videographer. You know, sometimes they're a local person. Sometimes you bring them in. Um, in Lisbon, your videographer was uh, Anastasia. She had just left when when we met up. So I didn't get to meet her, but I've seen her on the show. You sometimes have a shot of her, sometimes you know she's she's doing different things. Um and she's from the Ukraine and I'm just wondering, you know, I now I I don't even know her, but now I'm worried about her. How how is Anastasia doing?
1: So Anastasia is basically with well, someone I met in Ukraine. I was filming in 2019 solo. And uh, as I'm want to do uh, as an entrepreneur, I was like, you know, I should get an episode out of this. I haven't been here since 2012, what it's like to come back. So, you know, I get tired of filming myself. I know that gets old. So I was like, I just jumped on and saw that uh, Anastasia was doing photography tours. I was like, that'd be great. Someone to tour me around and we could take photos and I can put her on the show. So she showed up to the tour, uh, not knowing that I was going to film her. So you you sense a theme here, right, man? <laughs> I'm doing a lot of gotcha television, man. Sounds, hey, sounds, you being on the show. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Anima flyer and uh but anyway, Anastasia's English at the time was pretty bad. But a little unbeknownst to me, Anastasia was a new uh resident of Kiev. She had just moved from the Donbass region uh mm. with her family. Wow. Uh from the 2000, I think, 14 Or it could be 16. I'm not sure that my dates here, but I think it was 2014 invasion, the initial invasion that Russia did. So her family, uh, which was her mother, her father, and her younger brother, had to uproot a very successful life, start all over in Kiev. And that's when I met Anastasia. Well, turns out Anastasia was a very gifted camera person. So I went back to Ukraine on a press junket, uh, ironically enough, just a few months later, and uh, decided to add on to my trip and go to Lithuania. And I said, hey, I'll just bring Anastasia, you know, let's see how she does videography wise. She did great. Uh, We were going to go to India. She's a great traveler as well as just an easygoing and very talented person and enjoyable to be around. So, um, and I loved seeing her progress in her career. So anyway, we were supposed to go to India, COVID hit. Long story short, I said, "Ah, I owe you one. I'm going to be in Lisbon. I I look on the flights. I'm like, it's cheap from um, Kiev to Lisbon. And so this was December of uh, 2021 when we filmed in uh, November, December. And so she came and, uh, you know, it was great to reunite with her. I hadn't seen her in a year and a half. And, um, you know, she had a great time and we filmed. And uh, let me tell you, her skills were just tremendously evolved because she's been working on music videos, movies, television in Kiev. Uh, really establishing her career. And she's incredibly young. And I remember distinctly, we were out one late. We got late back to Lisbon from Kashkais or somewhere, I guess it was, or madeira We had been to madeira and looking for something to eat. And on the TV was Putin talking about Ukraine. And she was lasered in on that. She knew what was happening long before it was coming. Right. Or that was possible. So, you know, anyway, long story short, when this happened, um, obviously extraordinarily concerned for her and other people I've met and bonded with in Ukraine. A lot of musicians, artists. Luckily, they've all been able to get out. And so Anastasia was able to get out. Her mother, her father had to stay. He's still fighting. Her mother, her little brother and her went to Paris. Uh, Her mother is a doctor, works in the medical field. So she went back to Kiev to serve, uh, to do her work. And uh, Anastasia uh, was in Paris and is in Paris raising her little brother with a host family. Um, so that's where she is. Uh, last I heard from her was when we shot. I So I decided to go film in Paris. I said, great. She probably needs work. I need to film in Paris. I have a lot of contacts. We filmed. And then my plan was to go to Poland and Ukraine and uh, and film there. And she did not. Expressed a lot of enthusiasm about going back to Ukraine, and I couldn't blame her. She just escaped,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Uh, for the second, you know, as a refugee for the second time. But last minute, decided that it was a- she wanted to go, and uh, unfortunately, my trip to Ukraine got cut short because I got COVID in France. So I had to like isolate, and it just like meant I could only go to the western part, Lviv, which was kind of like you know worst case scenario. You'll at least go there because I wanted to go all the way to Kiev. And witness Anastasia you know reuniting with her mother, I could not I had to leave and but she did the good news is she was able to reunite with her mother, and uh she filmed some of it. She filmed around in Kiev for me, and uh, the last I heard from her, she was reuniting with her father for the first time, her and her little brother and her mother and uh I haven't heard from her since I haven't seen her uh active on social media, but I'm sure she's good. She just gets like that when she's busy living a uh, life and and I'm really happy that she was able to see her father and um yeah but you know filming in ukraine is one of the most moving uh experiences i've ever had in my life and i've had a ton
0: so so you're there in ukraine what is the what is the the mental state the psychological state of people who are there now you're you're in lviv which isn't the front line, but still it's in Ukraine and there have been attacks there, if I'm not mistaken. How do people feel about their day-to-day life? What did they tell you when you go there? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know, so we, we kind of eased into it. So we went to Poland, Krakow, where you'd see some Ukrainian refugees. Of course you saw it. We went to like a Ukrainian rally in Paris even. Yeah. So as we slowly get closer to the, the border and then we go to Shamish, which is right on the border, and that's where you saw the news stories of the people escaping and coming mm-hmm. in. And, you know, I went to all the places where the news cameras were, not there anymore, were, um, and there's still, you know, people crossing the border in huge numbers both ways, people escaping, people going back now. And so we were part of the part that was going back. We went by train. It was fairly smooth considering we had been, um, you know, we relied on some volunteers from the U.S. who were working for World Central Kitchen in Shamish because they had gone into Lviv and you just get so much conflicting information. And the thing about, you know, going there is that you've got to go by ground and it's going to take longer than you thought. You need a lot of time. And like I said, I didn't have a lot of time. So when we got to Lviv, went to the train station, we were really paranoid. I had my press pass and everything. I finally got that a couple of days before I went in. Um, but Anastasia in particular didn't want to film, especially at the train station we first got there because, you know, for security reasons and things like that, we didn't want to get in trouble. We don't want to put anybody at risk, right? In harm's way. So we were overly cautious when we first got there. We see all the tents and all the uh, you know World Central Kitchen the Red Cross all these people doing great work helping people out on and at the border uh on both sides and then we catch uh you know basically a taxi into town where our uh hotel was and I just remember how why I like Ukraine in the first place people were so nice so hospitable to us um and we get out and we start exploring and we see sandbags on some of the buildings we see some posters that are you know, pro-Ukrainian forces, encouraging people to uh, give homes to refugees with pets, not to turn them away just because they have pets. Different messages, anti-Putin messages, of course. And then soldiers in the street, but not on duty, strolling around with their families. Hmm. So Lviv is a tourism spot, not only internationally, but domestically. And so Lviv was popping. There were a lot of people. So all these refugees, all these people who wanted to stay in Ukraine but go somewhere safer went to Lviv. And there's a lot of people there. And there were just people singing. In other words, the attitude was upbeat. People were singing. They were playing music. They were waving flags. Uh, The soldier I met had just come under attack. He'd lost three fingers in the attack. And, um, you know, thankfully Anastasia was there so she could translate. So I got to be able to have some, these great experiences with these people. And he gave me the patch off his uniform. We signed his flag, uh, for his troops who had just been injured. He thanked us for a flak jacket that the United States had sent to him. Um, because he thought that that saved his life in the explosion and in his, and in his, uh, mates life as well. Wow. In, in his Wow.
0: Incredible.
1: And, um, we talked for like an hour and a half and that'll be a huge part of the show. And, you know, I, it was just surreal, too surreal for words, man. I'm like, I am in Ukraine in a time of war and it's happy, but it's sad. <laughs> it's yeah. both. It was such mixture. It was surreal, surreal.
0: I saw on social media, you know, some pictures of you hanging out with the guys from world central kitchen and These guys, along with Doctors Without Borders, are my heroes because they just, they get up and they go and they assemble these kitchens, they make food, and they just give it to people who need it. And it's an incredible feat of logistics, but it's also an incredible feat of bravery. The places where these guys are going into, uh, these men and women are going into, are, you know, places like Ukraine. What was your experience like meeting these folks from World Central Kitchen?
1: Same thing, inspired, proud of my country. Um, which is not something I've always, you know, said so boldly, I guess, because it sounds nationalistic and I'm a citizen of the world. But I really was proud because there were a lot of really conscientious Americans there from all over, everywhere from DC to California to the Northeast, from Atlanta, all for different reasons, but mo- mainly just because they were moved and just. They didn't want to sit around and just cry about it. They wanted to do something, about, and they could, right? You know, um, and you know, some of them were on the verge of tears when they were talking to us just about why they were there. One young man I was particularly impressed with—I think his name is Trent. Uh, you know, was an adventurous soul, and he was telling us how to get to Ukraine, and he was going to go in embedded with some people, taking some um, medical supplies. And he talked about it on social media, and he got threats from the Russian side. And he played one of them for me, or he he read one of them for me on social media. And I was like, does that scare you, man? Because it was a pretty gnarly threat. He's like, not at all. I'm going. And this guy's like 23 years old. I'm like, it's one thing if I die. I've had a really good life. But it's another thing if this young kid dies, right? And so, you know, but that's the kind of bravery you experience. Uh, obviously, the Ukrainians are the ones really exhibiting the the such bravery. Um, right. And You know, but the fact that, you know, people in the United States are there, you know, I think it's easy to get down on our country and say it's selfish, entitled, and uh, everybody's worried, you know, a victim saying, you know, what about me with some grievances? Everybody's got a list of grievances. And the reality is, I really think that this trip helped me see that the vast majority are good and want something bigger than themselves to contribute to. And that might be part of what's missing, you know, and why people are so dissatisfied. And um, you know, I just keep I'm like, is it really the economy that really keeps you up at night?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or is it really mm-hmm. lack of purpose? Well. Wow. I know it keeps me up. Yeah. It's not the economy, man. Right, right. And I get it. We all need the money to survive, but that's keeps you up at night? Like put on this earth for that purpose. And so I felt like I was with people of like, uh, minds and it felt really good. Like I was there where I needed to be. And, um, that's when I really got angry that I got COVID in France and that I had to come back for this show to, to business, to do business. I wanted to stay. I did not want to leave, but, um, you make sacrifices. You say, where can I do the most good? Is it, it, should I hand out food or should I write, do a television show about it and maybe inspire 20 people to go hand out food, you know? So hopefully I make the right choices, but, um, it was a tough choice to leave my friend.
0: Well, before I let you leave, Rob, um, you've said on social media and you kind of told me privately uh, before when we met in Lisbon that, um, this was going to be your last season of new material. Season 10 was going to be the last new season of, uh, raw travel. Are, are you sticking to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I hope I can make it to the end, but, um, cause it, it's, it's so work intensive and I won't have a litany of complaints here about it because the reality is I'm very lucky to do it. But it's 24-7, man. And it's there's only so much of this amount of intensity that a human being can take. And so it does get in the way, ironically, of me traveling and having that lighthearted experience of just travel. Now, even that gets old, too, because I've done that before when I lived abroad. So you have to have a purpose. I will have a purpose. I will do more. I'm not retiring at all from travel or from media or content. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but, um, after I get through this season, we'll have close to 200 episodes. I'll probably hopefully get it up to 200 cause it'd be kind of silly to leave it at 198 <laughs> <laughs> or something. Right. I just don't want to do that, man. I like round, easy numbers, but, uh, so there may be, and there may be some specials from time, sometimes some opportunistic stuff. Um, and so, you know, I think it's time for me to shut a door so that another window or another door can open. And, um, that's why I feel a little bit of pressure, you know, with season 10, I want it to be as good as possible. A lot of the stuff's already shot. So it is, it's kind of already baked in, but you know, it's how do you present the stuff? How do you write the scripts? And, um, Ukraine, I haven't begun editing yet. We're uh, going to start that when I get back from Colombia, and it'll probably be at least two episodes uh, but, you know, I feel the pressure, man, and I don't work really good under pressure. So I'm trying to figure out how I can free my mind. And that's what this trip to Colombia is about. Let the let the let the pieces kind of let the stress fall away like it did when I went to Patagonia um, back earlier this year. Get some perspective so I can come back ready to fight another day and what i mean by fighting is typing a script <laughs>
0: <laughs> well from from my perspective the episodes that i've seen so far in season 10 are all outstanding they rise to a very high level and that's what we expect when we watch an episode of raw travel so i'd say you've you you do not have anything to worry about from that perspective and I'm definitely looking forward to whatever it is uh, Rob Rhodes decides to do with the uh with the next chapter. Thanks so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. Love to have you on again when whenever you're uh whenever you're doing something new. And um yeah. thanks for doing the show. I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I still got quite a few episodes to do, so I'm sure I'll see you again. Talk to you again.
0: Okay. There you go. I know Ukraine is a heavy topic. And I also know it's Not always what you expect at destination, eat, drink, but it's an important story and one that needs to be told, even if it's on my little podcast here. Glad to hear that Anastasia and her family are okay and good thoughts going out to all of them and all the people of Ukraine for that matter. I'd also like to share a little personal experience I've had here in Portugal Uh, Portugal, including the city where I live, Setubal, has taken in tens of thousands of Ukrainian refugees, and the government is trying to house them and find jobs for them. Of course, that's a good thing. And there's also already expats here from Russia and Belarus, and it's very interesting to talk to those folks as well and get their perspective. Many folks from Russia especially that we talk to are saying that they're afraid to go back to Russia for fear of being arrested or their family being persecuted. They also say they have family members back in Russia and Belarus, for that matter, who have been brainwashed by Putin and the Russian propaganda media. And because of this, family relationships have soured or even been completely severed. So, there you go. That's just a slice of what I'm hearing here in Portugal. I've got links to Rob's show and his YouTube channel in the show notes, as well as a link to World Central Kitchen if you want to help out. I know I am. And uh, get that at radiomisfits.com DED205. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, it's the best of Italy. Until then, get over to DestinationEatDrink.com. I put up new stuff every week about food and travel. This week, it's a story about a new twist on the Portuguese pastel de nada tart. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash twist. Or just go to DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the blog tab. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla. Thank you, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation
1: of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.